Hi, my name is Pat Live and welcome to Love the Music. Today's date is March 9th, 2021. Welcome to the Pandemic Interviews, Conversations in a Changing Time. These interviews are part of a series of conversations I had with 50 artists over several months in 2020. Originally for my column, I was persuaded to make them podcasts instead. Concerned as to how the many artists I had come to know were coping with the pandemic and lockdowns, how their creativity and spirits were affected, I decided to reach out. COVID-19 was officially declared a pandemic by the World Health Organization, March 11, 2020. When this particular podcast is published, we will have been experiencing this pandemic for two days short of one year. 363 days of lockdowns, isolation, loneliness, frustration, exasperation, depression, anxiety, and loss. It's also been a year of connections and reconnections, self-discovery, reflection, family time, redirection, learning, creativity, and yes, music. Although the majority of these conversations took place in 2020, they are continuing into 2021. Some are with new artists, while others will be a catch-up with some of those I spoke to last year. The goal is to keep the conversations flowing. Julian Taylor What can I say about Julian Taylor that hasn't already been written by me and many others? An amazing human being, an incredible musician, singer of stories straight from the heart, he wears his soul on his sleeve. I met Julian six years ago at TURF, the now defunct Toronto Urban Roots Festival. I have photographed Julian and his band many times, written a number of articles about him. We have also become good friends. I admire his passion, his depth, his skills at writing both music and lyrics, but most of all, his humanity. Of West Indian and Mohawk descent, Julian brings a unique perspective to his music. A truly gifted singer-songwriter, he is also a born performer, and as a performer, nothing gives him greater joy than being on stage with his band, spreading the music and the happiness. From his first gig at the Alma Combo in 1994, to the formation of Staggered Crossing in 1997, to the current Julian Taylor Band and as a solo artist, it's been a long and event-filled journey to get to the ridge and the place he is now. I chatted with Julian in late July 2020 as things were just starting to open up again in Toronto. We talked music, homeschooling, and if he had his wish, who he'd like to perform with someday. We also touch on his latest release, The Ridge. From Julian's website, being able to tap into the vein of shared experiences by way of a personalized point of view is a gift the best songwriters are able to build upon from song to song and album to album. Only the best of them are able to transition from being a soother one minute to a soothsayer the next with relative ease, confidence, and expertise. I would have to say Julian Taylor is one of them. Hello, my name is Julian Taylor and uh, I reside here in the east end of Toronto. It's a pleasure to be uh, sitting here with you and uh, chatting about music and life and 
whatever else in these wonderful times that we're living in. Yes, mostly music and yourself. So, Julian, what do you do? Oh, well, I play the guitar. I've been playing the guitar ever since I was a young chap. I play a little bit of the piano. I write songs. I sing the songs I write for the most part. Uh, I produce records. I manage my music career and my band and my and I have uh, had I've owned my own independent record label. I own one now. I've done promotion. So I've been a booking agent. I'm a radio host for Element FM here in Toronto. Um, I'm a father. I'm a brother. I'm a cousin. Yeah. I'm a son. I'm mm-hmm. a friend. All those things too. Where were you a year ago? And where did you expect to be now? Where was I a year ago? It's... I would have been... I should check my Facebook memories. They'll tell me. But Roughly. Uh, roughly, I would have been in uh, Ganawake, just leaving uh, the annual powwow with okay. my family. Because it's always the second week of July. Now you would have just played Mariposa a couple of weeks ago, a year ago as well. Yeah, I would have been in Mariposa a week yeah. ago, yeah. Where did you expect to be now, as far as your music career goes? wasn't, I don't know, actually. Touring? I hadn't, hadn't thought about it. I certainly thought I would be doing some festival gigs. Yeah. We usually do in the summer. What's your current situation now? Uh, I am doing a festival gig, but from my house. <laughs> I'm doing uh, a festival gig tonight for Home County Music Fest in London, but mm-hmm. it's Home County music fest from home so I was uh, fortunate to be able to do that and there's some other artists on that bill as well including some friends of mine like um, Tara Lightfoot I Ken Yates Small Glories are on that and you're doing it from your house I'm doing it from my house this is very cool yeah I think so the home county is it a folk festival it's a folk festival it's a music festival folk festival but yeah some of the music festivals like for instance I did do uh, a performance for Mariposa as well. That's right, you did. That yeah. was that was a couple of weeks ago, I think. Yeah, That's a few weeks back. Yeah. So, are you writing now? Doing any writing? I know you've just released an album, The Ridge. I did that. Yeah, that's yeah. been interesting, and very, very uh, time-consuming, and has consumed a lot of my energy. But I think it was the right time to release it. It has been received quite well. It's been received very well internationally. Yes, it has. So has has, has the pandemic and the isolation um, changed your approach and how you keep yourself relevant, how you're even promoting the Ridge? Well, it's interesting um, because timing seems to be everything. Uh, to answer your question previously before, I'm not really writing. I, I'm too stressed out to be writing at the moment life I'm just sort of hanging on to life that sounds horrible but it's kind of true um, so my approach to the ridge and releasing that I got lucky in a way that I was already in motion like I was going to release it in the fall I was going to spread the singles out a little bit more um, and spoke to some of the people on the record and they said you know these songs are pretty touching maybe you want to get them out there now while people kind of need to listen to something that's real because the record isn't there's no flash 
you know, like previous records I've made, production has really been um, something that I concentrated on. You know, there's no click track on it. I don't, I don't know what the tempos of the songs are. I actually remember asking the engineer, I'm like, did we get any tempos for the songs? He's like, no, there's no click track. Like, everything's live. So we don't know how fast they are. We just have to go on hearing them off the record. And I had a publicist in the States lined up. She loved the record and uh, helped introduce me to some other people internationally that really fell in love with the record, too. And this was before COVID hit. So everybody was lined up, and we all made the decision that we would go for it right now while we were all sitting at home doing nothing. I think the ridge... I wasn't going to get too deeply into the ridge, but I think the ridge has touched a chord with people because of the simplicity of it, of the songs that people are reacting to that is touching them. It's now released, and it was a good idea to release it at this time. Synchronicity, everything mm-hmm. happens for a reason. Matching with the times that we ha- we're in now, I think that is... Right. It's perfect, and it's it, it's simple. It's not overproduced. It's not. It's just straight from the heart. It's just bare bones. Music. It's just, but and that's what everybody's dealing with now as well. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm shocked at the response, but at the same time, I look at all of my records. Um, Avalanche, the record that the band did before the Ridge, mm-hmm. is very similar to the Ridge, songwriting wise. The songwriting was similar to The Ridge, but it's also all in the timing. Mm-hmm. And The Ridge is a solo project, really. It is, yeah. So it's more, it's far more personal. It's Avalanche is personal, because I understand what's going on in Avalanche, but I think The Ridge is even deeper than that. Interesting. And I think that's what struck a chord with many listeners. It certainly struck the world. a chord. Yeah, a big one. Yeah. So how are you coping with all of this personally? Not great. I mean,. When you look at social media and you see The Ridge doing so well, I mean, I'm super stoked about that. I can't not be. I've been working my whole career to have sort of international accolades like that and accolades here in Canada. It's almost as if for the first time people actually heard me um, in, a, in a bigger way. I mean, the, the people that like what I've done in the past, they've heard me, but it's like the other people are starting to come now. So that's great. Uh, personally, it is re- it has been super challenging being a parent. Um, I almost wish I had two kids now because they could play together, keep themselves occupied, and keep themselves occupied. Um, you know, relationships have been really tough. Um, that's been a struggle. Um, not being able to see family and, and slowly opened up now. That's been a struggle too. Um, work has been incredibly difficult because everything is in this, under the same roof. I mean, I I, I split the time with um, my daughter's mom. Um, we didn't do that right off the bat, and there's been times where she, I've had longer stretches and, and uh, of, of childcare, and, and uh, I have a really newfound pr- appreciation for teachers. They're like saints. I cannot believe that they do what they do. I was doing the homeschooling thing, and I wanted to, to like literally jump off a cliff. You know, coping with you know eating habits and drinking habits went down the tube for, and have gone fluctuated here and there depending on my stress level because I I I've always been that kind of person who 
with my stress, I'm trying to find different ways to deal with it. Because uh, I have sort of a, you know, a manic depressive sort of personality in a way. Um, never, I'm not manic depressive, but I have those fluctuations in my personality for sure. I think a lot of people do. Yep. And um, so my coping mechanisms aren't admittedly so the greatest on the planet. I think you and millions of others. <laughs> Everybody so has the same like, coping mechanisms. I'm like, okay. The LCBO stores and the beer stores have been pretty sparse Maybe. these days. So I, 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 I'm okay. I mean, we went on this camping trip. It's so funny because I think to myself, oh yeah, camping will be great and relaxing. And then I realize that camping's just like being at home, but harder. You know, like, Especially if it's raining. <laughs> and it was raining this weekend. And I was like, oh God. Yay! <laughs> Just me and an eight-year-old camping in the rain. Now that is what I call a good time. So I'm coping okay. Uh, my, like I said, my relationships with people have been struggling. I mean, um, and that's okay because here we are, and it is what it is. We're all trying to get by. I've. You know, felt guilty about the amount of screen time I've allowed my my kid to expose to, and then I'm like, you know what? I have to work too. We're just all adapting. One day at a time is sort of an interesting way to look at it, obviously, because you want to have future plans, and you have to have future plans. So you got to just figure out what you can do in these times. And I'm certainly planning on creating more music. I just don't know how yet. So the motivation's not there. Uh, no, I don't have a lot of motivation for a lot of things. Uh, and I'm trying to find the will to find the will to do the things that I need to do, but I haven't got it right now. And I'll just be blunt and plain honest with you. Yeah. Do you see a light at the end of the tunnel? Uh, yeah. I mean, sure, you have to. <laughs> I, can't, I need a holiday. I mean, you should try uh, doing a radio show from home in your kitchen. I was doing it from the attic, and in the attic I don't have insulation, so all of a sudden I was in a sauna doing it, and I had to just get out of there because it was starting to, like, really tax on you. Yeah. You melt, too. You melt in your body. You just get super tired. I'm super tired. I haven't been sleeping properly. Um, I'll get to bed, and then I'll be up in the middle of the night at, like, 3.30, 4.30, 5.30, 6.30, and then I'm like, well, here we go. Got to get the day going. So I'm tired, and I can't wait some time off one day one day soon and now the ridge is taking off at the same time yeah live performance is what's that is typically key <laughs> <laughs> yes it is to the development of young artists mm -hmm. and artists in general what do you see the future holding oh wow as far as that goes well what do you think the live music scene is going to look like <sighs> Yeah. That, I don't know. I mean, you're not allowed to sing or dance or play music. We'll see. I mean, music is something that everybody needs in their life. Live music is something that everybody needs in their life. lives. I'm sorry. I, I, I've been fortunate enough to play some shows, do some live streams, been invited by, you know, festivals, done them on my own. And personally, the production value of all that stuff is just not what it should be. You can't. I mean, staring at a screen watching somebody is is one thing, but being able to like feel the audience applaud and be in, you see somebody smile, those kind of things are pretty awesome. 
Well, that's where you, I mean, it's that's the energy field, right? Yeah. You're getting it from the audience. You're returning it. I did. I did. Pl- I did do it for my neighbors a couple of times, and they for the going, neighbors. Yeah, like sit on my porch and play and set up a PA and just hang out, and they come out and they sit, listen from the, their driveways. I've done that a couple of times, which has been brilliant. The live, the gigging economy, and the restaurants and hospitality and the bars and the live music scene. I have no idea what's going to happen I hold out for hope but it's pretty dismal right now and I'm worried that it's never going to be what it was for a long time and here's the other thing that worries me is that because of that the next generation isn't going to be bothered and and, and wanting to do it anyway because they won't have had any sort of real experience and love for it they won't have yeah the exposure that we've all had so as the the gigging economy is going to get be an older economy by far and guess what? That's the the demographic that's affected by COVID the most. I don't know. Because how? So you think social streaming? You think social media, streaming, et cetera, is going to take that over? For the for younger them? generation, it will. Yeah. I mean, they'd all. I, I remember speaking to one guy on this, this this cruise ship in January that I was hired to be on. Imagine that, eh? Um, but his son is a DJ, and he's like, yeah, they don't even go out. They're like, why do we have to? I can see it all on Instagram or follow who. They're like, there was a DJ party. It's like, I don't have to go there. I saw what was happening online. I'm like, wow. I never thought of it in those really? terms. It's like, yeah, no, somebody posted it on their Instagram stories. I don't need to go. I saw what was happening. Wow. And Connections is, are being lost like crazy. That's my Well, fear. here's the other fear. Is, are we going to have a generation of germaphobes? Probably. Everybody's wearing masks. I mean, we're teaching people not to touch. 2020. Mm-hmm. Do you think it's going to be a career killer for a lot of bands, especially those who really haven't developed an audience? Uh, yes. Know? I mean, bands are going to fold for sure. Restaurants are closing. Um, but there will come some amazing art uh, and some great opportunities and some great new ideas for hospitality out of it for sure. I'm not sure when we'll see it, but it'll come. This first song by the Julian Taylor Band is from their two-album set, Desert Star, released in 2016. Take Me is sensual, wistful, hopeful, wondering, constantly seeking but never quite finding, of being on the outside looking in, waiting for someone to pull you in, or choosing your own path.
Welcome back to the Pandemic Interviews, Conversations in a Changing Time. We just heard Take Me, Stay by the Julian Taylor Band from their 2016 double album release, Desert Star. You're listening to a conversation I had with Julian back in late July 2020. You think artists are more adaptable, more flexible? Than who? Than the general population. I mean, especially the gig economy. No, I don't think that artists are more adaptable and flexible. I think no. they suffer from that golden touch that God put on them. It's like, hey, you're going to be an artist. The joke's on you. No. I think no. that the people that are going to thrive are the people who don't really care. But we're going to have some great artists come out of this. How so? It'll be accidental, obviously. It'll be? An accident, you know. I mean... Whatever people sort of gravitate to, whatever their hearts need, they'll, they'll go, they'll gravitate to it. I mean, um, we're going to see more real stuff come out of it. I noticed that right away with the live streaming. It's like, I was really fortunate and lucky, but at the same time, I've spent my entire career with an acoustic guitar. Mm-hmm. So all of a sudden, it didn't, it wasn't like, i got to figure this out. I can play, actually, with like an instrument and stuff. So most of the music you're thinking that we might hear then is going to be just a little bit more raw, sort of truly off the floor, yeah. off the living room floor. Yes, so it, it will be. Yeah. We'll still get electronic stuff, but it won't yeah. translate as, as well. So in that case, I mean, a lot, of, a lot of the music that we've been hearing over the last 20 years has been mastered and remastered and produced and overproduced. And maybe I'm going to, you know, maybe I'm not going to take six months to release that. I'll just release it the way it is. Yeah. I think you'll you'll okay. see more real stuff happen. Yeah. As long as people can play. As long as people can play live or stream, you mean? Both. What do you think it's going to take to get people back out a to see live music? A vaccine. You think it's a vaccine? And that's scary too because it's being rushed. You know, if we don't have a vaccine, so let's set vaccine aside. What do you think it's going to take? I mean, do you think people are just going to? People are going to hubble, man. People are gonna. They're gonna hovel. They're just gonna. They're gonna move out into the country. You don't think they'll get out to see live music? <laughs> no, not really. But it'll happen at first, and then it'll be. Re- it, they'll get out, but it'll be small. You're gonna see house concerts. You're gonna see privatized things happen. More, that more than public things. So more of the wave of the future is going to be private backyard. Even if it's at a venue, it's still going to be privatized in a way, you know, like they're going to limit it to a certain amount of people. They're going right. To, yeah, it's going to be, it might cost a lot too, I don't know. We'll see. You're talking with a really low voice too. Because I'm super happy about it. <laughs> Yay! Okay, <laughs> so here's one. Yeah. Sales of online instruments are through the roof. Good. I didn't know that. Absolutely through the roof, yeah. It's, it's to the point where musicians are ordering stuff online and it's not available. Like, stores mm-hmm. are literally selling out online. That's probably because... And it's not just little home studios. It's not just little... It's, it's actual everything. instruments. Good. I think that's right? great. Because then you're going to find... I mean, for me, it's like, I'm glad I have instruments in my house, but what's an eight-year-old going to do all day? Here, pick this up. Yeah. 
Well, the other thing that musicians are doing, it's like, oh, Jesus, you know, I used to play the flute 20 years ago in uh-huh. high school, so it's dusting it off, or a drummer is, you think, well, I'm going to play the guitar, you yep. know, I'm going to grab my guitar, so there's, there's a whole bunch of that going on right now. Do you think that's going to produce a new renaissance in music? Um, not that, no. That's, that's a part of it. I think the COVID will, uh, that will create a sort of new renaissance in music, but that's just an element of it. Right. Yeah. The way, music is supposed to be like a, uh, like a car, like a car window. That's what it's like with time. When you listen to music and you're in a, in a car and you open the car window, it's as if time is following you. Music's like that. It's the background. For sure it is. To your life. It's like that car window. So, because I'm thinking, if writers, if 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 I'm a drummer, and I decide to pick up the guitar mm-hmm. and write a song, it's going to have a different feel to it than if I was writing that song sitting behind a kit. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. So, do you think maybe the flavor of music may change? May become more. Well, it goes back to what we were just talking about—the realness of things. If they're yeah. if they're trying to if they're buying instruments and they're real instruments, maybe we'll see that happen. I think we'll go back to because the other thing I think about too is what happened in the '60s. I mean, the the music then was in a huge reflection of what was going on then, and what we're going through now. If you want to look at everything, is almost a reflection of the '60s. Mm-hmm. A lot of the mu- the musicians then got their got their start in the coffee houses of Yorkville, for instance. So you're looking at smaller venues, mm-hmm. more intimate venues. Mm-hmm. Um, and smaller audiences. Mm-hmm. Do you think that can carry forth now? It's going to have to. It's going to be the start. You're never. You're not going to fill a stadium. It's just not going to happen. And the first per- the first country that does it, probably backfire, and it won't happen again for a really long time. Do you think this is encouraging more collaboration among artists? Hmm. Maybe online. I haven't really collaborated with anybody though, so I don't. I can't comment to that. Actually, I've seen friends doing like Zoom collaborations and yeah. stuff like that. I haven't really. Uh, I've only seen Gareth and Dave from my band on, in my backyard rehearsing for things. No collaboration on Zoom or anything. Nothing. Do you think this might be? a golden opportunity for local artists? I mean, right now, we've got an entire world on lockdown, more or less. Mm-hmm. Every artist in the world, doesn't matter how big or how, you know, if you're the local garage band who just picked up a guitar six months ago, mm-hmm. everybody's on a level playing field for the first time ever. It was a golden opportunity for me. Yes, it was for The Ridge because that, that really hit. It struck a spark with a lot of people. Go, but, yeah, but local indie artists, in my mind, it's, you know, everybody promotes, you know, shop local, buy local, eat local. Now it's like, listen local. Yeah, when, when, yes, it all, it all depends on this type of material, though. I, I think that the material has to be really methodical and thought out and, and reflect the times. If it's just not doing that, then it'll, it'll just disappear. So, yeah, I mean, yes, of course. But it, it depends on the material. Like it the depends on the material. Happy songs? Not yet. Soon. Do you think the current circumstances have heightened the awareness of the value of music? Maybe garnered more respect for musicians? And Not artists? yet. No. 
No, I don't. Maybe it will. The corporate world has to catch up. I mean, the corporate world is what is going to have to support musicians now. What do you mean by the corporate world? Like, you know, the big banks. Like, for instance, RBC gets involved and has, like, an emerging artist program. I know TD has something like that. The people, the arts need to be saved not only by um, Heritage Canada and, and the grants and, and, and the government, but big business has to also say, you know, art is important. Because big businesses are, th- are, are the ones that are probably thriving right now. You, you, the telecommunications businesses are thriving right now because everyone's at home, they, they need more bandwidth, they need more of this. Those are the people right. that need to come back and go, you know what, art's important. Do you think the artists, the number of them, can band together as a force and collaborate with each other, sort of have each other's backs? I think and they maybe already, bring that to I, the fore? I think they already do. I just don't think it's enough monetization to do it for everybody to live a comfortable living. But I believe that the musicians in this town, especially, I mean, my friends and myself, we're supportive of each other. I just don't have the money, all the money in the world to give them. Uh, I support, when I can, you know, the Daily Bread Food Bank. I support uh, Unison Benevolent when I have extra. I do give, but I, I can't take... I can only give what I, I can. I can only give what I have. I mean, I don't mean necessarily monetarily, but artists banding together in this town. There are a lot of artists that can be a force to actually collaborate with the venues and with each other. I think that they do that, and I think that they will do that. What is tricky about that is that none of us really know what the regulations are. We don't know how yet. Oh, you mean with COVID? Mm-hmm. We don't know what, what's coming as far as live music venues and, and where we can perform and how we can help each other. We don't know. That's the tricky part. Think there's enough room for a little planning ahead? There's always room for planning ahead. Are you planning? I'm thinking about it. <laughs> that's, that's part of planning ahead. That's part of planning is thinking about it. This next piece of music, Avalanche, was released in 2019. It's a deeply personal album, in some sense a love letter to his mother. As Julian states, the song was inspired by death, remorse, redemption, and unconditional love. Life is made of two things, moments and the memories they leave behind. This is the title track to the album because when I began working on this record, my life was in turmoil. It felt similar to a time when I buried a lot of close friends. I was in this endless spiral of self-destruction, and it seemed like I was at a funeral every other weekend. A few years ago, my parents gave me a time capsule for Christmas. Inside it, there were so many moments of my life, photographs, letters, postcards, and even funeral programs. Funeral programs of the friends I had lost when I was very young. It was unknown to me at the time, but by finding these programs in that time capsule, I realized that my mother was there with me all the time. She had been to each and every one of the services, hiding in the back until it was time for her to leave. I know it must have been hard for her, having lost her own sister at a young age. That kind of support is what love is. Sometimes all we need to do is show up for each other, especially when everything is falling apart.
Back to the pandemic interviews, conversations in a changing time. We just heard the title song Avalanche by Julian Taylor from the album of the same name, released in 2019. You are listening to a conversation I had with Julian back in late July 2020. What have you learned from all of this? I'm still working on that one, Pat. Um, I don't know. I've learned that, uh, number one, we're all going through the same stuff. That, for sure, is something that I've come to a, a, a major realization. If I, I knew it before, but if I didn't really, really firmly have a belief in it, I do now. We're all the same, going through the same, same stuff. The happiness, the sadness, all of it. The joy, the pain, the exhaustion, the exhilaration. We're completely the same. That's one thing that I can take from this so far. The rest of it, I'm still struggling with finding balance within myself, um, mentally, physically, struggling to figure out how things are going to be with my, um, with being a parent. Those things are the hardest of, of, of this right now. Being a parent is the hardest one. It's completely, completely shattering. I mean, if my ch- children were older, it would still be difficult but to be in that age of like pure innocence and you know I remember being that age and how exploring the world and and everything around you was so important and there's nothing of that happening how do you think this is going to affect kids like your daughter I don't know I honestly don't know I mean my uh my struggle within my own relationships and stuff will affect her. My struggle with my own um, anxiety, worries, fears, and, and, and just trying to stay working and, and 
push ahead, that will affect. Children are pretty resilient. They are that too. That They are that too. I have to let go of some of my own misfailings and guilt about things and just be happy about stuff and that's what I'm really working on. And some days I do great and some days mm -hmm. I do piss-ass poorly at it. And I have to forgive myself for those things. And I have to, I don't know how it's going to affect them. I have no idea, but I know one thing. I had a conversation with a friend of mine about this and we're like, Jesus, we are the COVID parents and they are the COVID kids. And he was having an argument with his father-in-law and obviously they can't use the grandparents or couldn't use the grandparents for a long time to, to unload the kids and have some sort of break, right? Um, and and the, he, his father-in-law said, well, you know, we, we, we did this already. And my, my buddy's like, no, you have, like, raise kids, right? It's like, no, you, you didn't do it like this. We can't go to a park. Mm. We can't see our friends. We can't, none of it. There's no school. There's no daycare. There wasn't. I mean, it's slowly coming back, yeah. but at the heart of it, yeah. it's like, no, dude, you didn't do this. This is insane. And I work a job on, like, he's, this is my friend. He's like, I have my own business. It's disintegrating in front of me and I'm still trying to raise a child who's four and one's two and I can't do anything like we're home that's been the hardest part at least I've had like incremental breaks here but I know it's been hard for my daughter's mom too because she's a single parent I'm a single parent and you know I pushed some people away because that was happening at the same time too they're like you know no there's no reward for any of this and it's like it's not my kids sure you know, some people choose to be involved and, and, and want to be, but then you can't necessarily complain about it. And it's like, you know, heavy. So watch Back to the Future all the time. <laughs> Just put it on and have a good time. Watch the trilogy. Dr. Doolittle's good for that. The yeah. original. Yeah. With Rex Harrison. Hilarious. Okay, well, this one, this next one might be a little challenging for you. Mm-hmm. Two positives to come out of this one personally and one professionally releasing the ridge was a triumph it really was and I hope that that record brings more people to uh, my work I hope that the record helps bring solace and comfort to them it's mm -hmm. meant to do that and I think it achieves that goal um, it's a beautiful thing thank you uh, personally I think it's it's forcing me to go further down into the rabbit hole and make some changes, whether they are the right changes or not. Um, it will it, the universe will provide, and everything will be okay. I need to go face me head head on, which I don't always have time to do. No, most of us don't even really think about it. Yeah. So. Until I'm going to go have to face me dead on. That's mm -hmm. a positive, but also a negative. Which is brilliant. Yeah. I'll take it as a positive. Yay! <laughs> optimistic. Yes, I am, I, am, I am always optimistic. So am I. I'm an eternal optimist, even though I have such pessimist, pessimistic qualities to my personality. I'm, a, I'm an optimist. Okay, so everybody has a favorite artist. Mm -hmm. It doesn't really matter who you are. Mm -hmm. Everybody's got a favorite artist. 
when this is all over and you can play again in front of a crowd, who would you want to open for slash perform with on stage? Hmm. Yeah, I'm not really sure. I was going to say Kev Mo, but I've done that. It has to be somebody you haven't played with. And they have to be alive, too, don't they? Well, theoretically, if you're going to open for them a year from now, yeah. that would that would be ever so helpful. Right? <laughs> okay. It's always been, for me, Jim Crochet and Bill Withers, but they're not around anymore, so... Well, AJ is. Who? AJ Crochet. Oh, AJ is, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, tricky. I don't know. Uh, Tracy Chapman. I really do admire her as a writer, as a person, and that would be a thrill, just to, like, say hi. Who's that? Tracy Chapman. Tracy Chapman. That's a good one. Yeah. Hi, Tracy. Yeah. My name's Julian. Just one one more thing. Do you think that it's been difficult for artists to respond to the changes that we've been going through? I think it's been difficult for everybody. You've just listened to an interview I had with Julian Taylor in July of 2020. Many, many thanks to Julian for taking the time to share his thoughts with me. If you want to hear more of Julian, tune in Monday to Friday as he hosts the Afternoon Drive show from 3 to 7 p.m. on Element 106.5 FM, Toronto's Indigenous radio station. Also, thanks to all of you who have taken the time out of your busy schedules to listen, inviting us into your cars, offices, and homes. The Love the Music theme is written and performed by Eddie and Quincy Bullen and Paul DeLong. Follow me on Podbean or any one of the platforms you're using, and you'll be notified automatically when the next conversation is published. I am Pat Blythe, and you're listening to Love the Music. Have a great day and a wonderful evening.